All right, so exciting. Everyone, I hosted my first in-person event this past weekend. It was a fabulous experience and it has given me the momentum to create an event for youth in June, specifically to support them in managing the voice of anxiety through our Savior Jesus Christ. If you know anybody who would be interested in this event, please have them reach out to me at tracyrobbinsking.com. That's double B on the Robins. Welcome to the Thy Neighbor podcast, conversations with everyday people who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. I am your host and occasional solo caster, Tracy Robbins King. If you are inspired by this episode and someone comes to mind as you listen, share this with that person. If you have benefited from the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. Your ratings, reviews, and shares make a difference and allow this podcast to reach more remarkable people like you. Fubbing. This word was introduced to me during the 52 Weeks podcast when we discussed the role of phones in our lives. What is fubbing? Fubbing is when you are on your phone when someone is talking to you. And I have fallen into this habit with my husband. He says something and I remember something else. So I pick up my phone while he's still speaking. And it isn't right. When he does it to me, I don't handle it very well in return. It's definitely a gesture that makes me feel unheard. And the same for him. I imagine you can relate at least a little bit. But if you are very good at presence, I want to celebrate you. That is healthy, needed, and I'd say downright critical. And all of us can literally make a change today. Even in this moment, deciding when I see my friends today, I'm going to look them in the eyes and I'm not going to use my phone. That little decision, of course, can change the way you connect. It is easier than ever to fub because we live in a world that is full of technology that is in our pocket and it's constantly barraging us with notifications and in our world attention often translates into money and they are begging for your attention and in case you forgot time is a non-renewable resource one survey reported and i quote nearly 9 out of 10 americans are offended when someone they're speaking with starts looking at their phone. Ironically, 75% of survey takers admit they've done it themselves, and nearly one in five say they do this frequently. One study by Cigna's 2018 U.S. Loneliness Index took 20,000 respondents and found that only 53% reported having meaningful in-person social interactions with friends and family on a daily basis. That means... 47% of people are not getting that daily interaction. This report also showed that Gen Zers had the highest loneliness score, with millennials coming in second and baby boomers as the least lonely. A Syrian completed a study on the digital age and shared that according to their data collection, the average American picks up their phone 96 times a day, And that equals once every 10 minutes. Now, if this doesn't alarm you, let me add one more little fun tidbit. Microsoft reported that since the year 2000, attention spans have gone from a whopping 12 seconds 
to eight seconds. Now, this is pretty tough to measure, but either way, I think we are all aware that our attention spans don't seem to be expanding, but contracting. And in this world, attention is your currency. So, how do we turn this ship around? Or, how do we get our ship under control so that we're deciding which way the ship is sailing? For myself, God has sent me a few direct messages. One I referred to in the episode with Rachel Curfew called The Role Anxiety Plays. I recommend listening to it at some point. And then a week and a half ago, God sent another message. This time, it was words. The words didn't knock the wind out of my cells, but they did have something I call the awaken effect. If you haven't heard of the awaken effect, let me introduce you. This is what God does to get my attention, especially when I've been struggling with none other than distraction. As I sat prayer journaling, onto my journal came the words, distraction is your destruction. Again, distraction is your destruction. Wow. Really, God? (laughs) Destruction? Yes, destruction. Naturally, I googled destruction. The first definitions from Oxford languages gives me three options. The first, the action or process of causing so much damage to something that it no longer exists or cannot be repaired. Wow. Second, the action or process of killing or being killed. Wow, things are getting dark. And finally, a cause of someone's ruin. There's the nail on this coffin. A cause of someone's ruin. My ruin. Now, before you go despairing for me, I am pretty upbeat about this information. Warnings are often blessings dressed in difficult language. The language also seemed pretty fear-based, which I recognize, but it didn't come with a dark feeling. I do believe these words have something to teach me, even if they were my voice or the voice of Satan's minions. They were there to awaken my soul. I still recall sitting in a fireside at BYU-Idaho, and I was struggling to stay conscious. My head was bobbing around, and I think I had completely gone out. When suddenly, the speaker said from the pulpit in a loud voice, Awake! I literally jumped out of my chair, and I was quite full of embarrassment. Nevertheless, that word awaken has stayed with me for many years, and I can tell you I have struggled with slumber for many years. There are times when into my mind come the words, Awake, my soul. No longer droop in sin. Rejoice! Oh, my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days. Or again in 2 Nephi chapter 8, verse 24, when it says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come in unto thee the uncircumcised and unclean. And then in the last few verses of the Book of Mormon, In Moroni chapter 10, it says, And awake and arise from the dust, O Jerusalem, 
Yea, and put on thy beautiful garments, O daughter of Zion, and enlarge thy borders forever, that thou mayest no more be confounded, that the covenants of the Eternal Father, which he hath made unto thee, O house of Israel, may be fulfilled. So, what is God trying to awaken in me? I would say he needs me to understand my purpose isn't to be on Instagram for two hours every day. He needs me to understand that when I choose distraction over my husband, I am missing the connection that he and I both need and crave. He needs me to sit in my meditation room with no phone so we can have an honest prayer and an undistracted conversation, one in which I speak or write and then listen because he has things to say. He wants me to not miss helping his children when I am out in the grocery store or the library. He wants me to be awake to the needs of those around me. He also wants me to get my goals, and he has told me that time isn't a renewable resource, and I only have so much of it. I also believe he is often teaching me to ask for forgiveness and to quickly move on. He doesn't want me to sit there. He wants me to keep on moving. When I looked into the etymology of awaken, I found that it derives from Old English and meant to spring into being, arise, originate. To spring into being? That is my favorite definition. When God invites you to awake, he's inviting you to spring into being. Being is what our daily actions create. You are a human being, not a human doing. God intended for you to become like him. In that effort, your phone or my phone can be a tool to help us accomplish that goal. Or it can become a tool of distraction and destruction. One that keeps us distracted from what we are supposed to be. So how do you and I manage distraction and work on being? The summer is upon us and some of us have new distractions or not enough goals to keep ourselves focused on what really matters. What we are becoming. Here are a few ideas to help you with distraction. Remember, these are more for me than for anyone else. First, begin with a Christ-like attribute like joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, patience, love, forgiveness, curiosity, kindness, attention. Ask yourself, what is a way I can measure? Maybe it is asking your sibling to rate your tone when you speak to them that day on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being downright rude and condescending, to 10 that you have emotional control and watched your tone. Brooke Snow taught me one rule that has literally helped me to stay awake. No joke. I set a 15-minute timer, and when I am working at my computer, I set the timer, and then every 15 minutes, I jump up and I do jumping jacks or squats. Then I sit back down and repeat the 15-minute timer. This helps me to stay alert and awake, especially when I have things to accomplish and goals that I need to complete. And looking up. Yes, literally looking up at the sky at the ceiling for 15, 10 to 15 seconds. It can help you to completely get out of a closed posture and into a more awakened state. Take no device walks for 10 to 20 minutes every day. It will lift your mood, make you sweat. You can talk to God or maybe a little bit of both. Make a joy goal by first making a list of all the things that bring you joy for a couple of weeks. Notice things that give you energy and deplete your energy. Take notes and then determine what you want your joy goal to be. Mine is making one item with my sewing machine once a month. I also find joy when I present. So finding opportunities to do that is critical for pushing me to growth. And I tell you what, growth brings joy, just like creation.
Other ideas? Write a podcast episode, interview a grandparent or a friend who has interesting things to say, work in a garden, help around the home, read a book, or develop a meditation practice. Find work that matters. Volunteer, and when you are with friends, put down your phones and give them your eyes. Research quality questions and ask them to your loved ones to create a more meaningful conversation. Practice saying hello and extending yourself beyond your comfort zone. Set boundaries with your device. Get an alarm clock and use it instead of your phone. That way your phone won't be the first thing you touch as you start your day. Instead, pray, read a book, the scriptures, meditate, eat breakfast without a phone or device. Turn your phone off and power it down for one hour, then two hours, and see how long you can go without using your phone. See how much you reach for and become aware of your attachment. Like Manoush Zamarodi said in her TED Talk back in 2017, before picking up your phone, say to yourself, what am I looking for? Then pick it up, check your email, and put it back down. Remember, your device is a tool. Choose boredom. Yes, I said choose boredom. Choose to not fill your mind during down moments. Notice your feelings and let them be felt. Then go make a connection with somebody you love. Finally, let me introduce you to my friend Mads. Mads Burchall attended my Be Not Afraid event this past weekend. Mads is one of those people who has developed her presence. When she looks at you, she sees you. She looks you directly in the eyes and she smiles. She notices me and she notices others. She is a magnet of light and she attracts people to her wherever she goes. After my event, several people asked me, who is she? She can't be ignored because she is present. She isn't on her phone. She looks you in the eyes. Mads is a magnet for light. At the end of my event, I had everyone buddy up and practice presence by looking in each other's eyes. So they said nothing for 60 seconds. Just watching it was powerful. The best part, though, was seeing Barbara, my amazing neighbor, complete this activity with my sister-in-law, Allison. As they looked at each other, tears filled their eyes, like they were seeing beyond this world and into the soul of the other. What if we all looked at each other in the eyes and asked, what is right and beautiful about you? Think of the changes that would have in our world. And what if you looked in the mirror and asked the same questions? What is right about you? What is good about today? What are you grateful for? If you haven't gazed into somebody's eyes, I invite you to do it. One minute, complete presence. What does it do for you? And of course, I think it will teach you something and remind each one of us to awaken, not just to what our phones offer, but to what God offers. And then, We can ask ourselves, am I springing into being?